Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries. And we are so excited today to have with us the author of Healing Power Voice Activated, Drake Travis. Hello, Drake. Hello there, gentlemen. Now, the first question I have for you is, why did you write the book? Well, it was uh, it was rather a magnetic compulsion. I had just finished a, a healing crusade in Ukraine. We were, and I think it's, it's chapter six or seven, seven or eight in the book is, is what happened. And then I came home and I thought, I have to write this down. I was asked to uh, lay hands on, on some sick people in this church, and we were not real far from Chernobyl, where that big nuclear meltdown happened in the late 80s, I think it was, 89. And uh, it kind of an ominous place to be. And um, I finished this bumbly sermon, and they said, well, before you go, can you pray for some sick people? Because you told us to get to Jesus, so help us get to Jesus, and we want some healing. And I thought, oh, brother. <laughs> there were people in wheelchairs, people that were carried to church, people with heart trouble, arthritis, death. I mean, oh my goodness, I thought, God, what are you walking me into here? <laughs> I said, I said oh, all right, if you, I mean, with, with zero self-confidence, zero self-confidence, I said, okay, God, uh, you be the fool if, I don't know what's going to happen here. I, mean, I, I was I was not confident, and I, I said, okay, God, I'll do what you say. And as soon as I said, God, I'll do what you say, I'll do what you tell me to do. I, I crouched down and grabbed this uh, lame lady's uh, feet, put my hands on her shins, and, um, you know, declared that this is over with. This lameness is over with. And I, I heard myself say this stuff. I wasn't thinking it through. And for the next five hours, everything in the room was healed. Everything wrong. A packed house in the Ukraine countryside. Every Oh, after five hours, I splatted back into a chair as if I was shoved onto a chair. And I thought, what was that? I called my wife in New York, back in New York, and I said, honey, put the kids to bed. I've got to tell you what happened. She said, something's been going on because five hours ago, I was shoved to the floor prostrate to, to pray for you. To pray for, I'm not sure what I was praying for, but I was praying for something. So there I was laying on hands. She was covering for me back in New York City, where our place was at the time. And it was it was just the most powerful encounter I had been involved in in my life to that point. And um, I just said, I, I, I'm, I am remiss to not share this. I'm derelict in my duty to not share this with people. 
So we started the process of writing this book out, and um, and that's that's what it is. You know, as that's, that's where it came from. As I read the book, I got the idea that you're very concerned about the lack of healing in the church in America, um, your specific denomination, but then just the church in general. That people don't really pray for people to be healed much anymore. They don't really expect people to be healed anymore. Was I right in that? As I read the book. Yeah, after World War II, America became obsessed with security, our version of security. We thought, I'm never going through the Depression again. I'm never going to stand in the bread line. I want no despair, no deprivation, no lack, no... I, I want everything that I want, and I'm going to get it. And you know, Americans have become obsessed with, quote, security. And with our obsession of security, we're, it's crumbling today. Um, we've, we've reached out for cash over Christ, and now we're short on both. Um, it's not a good thing. You know, I, in my interviews of, to, to make this book, I, I, I talked to some pastors, I said, what's your, what's your take on healing? He said, healing? Uh, I've got Blue Cross, I'm fine. Yeah. I thought, Am I hearing this guy straight? This is a pastor. This is a pastor in a church whose denomination led the way in the healing ministry. A.B. Simpson founded the Christian Missionary Alliance, and out of that came the Assembly of God, out of that came the Foursquare, out of that came the, oh, is a Vineyard, um, the Jesus Movement, you know, and the Azusa Street Revival. A lot of this, the Alliance was in the middle of it. And then after World War II, and I'm an ordained Alliance pastor, I can assess this if I want to. Um, after World War II, we thought, well, that's all great, but let's not be freaking people out. Let's 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 build a big juggernaut so we can finance our missions. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm not being mean or anything. That's just what happened. I no one studied this more than me. And I um, mean, the alliance has an amazing heritage. Their founder, um, probably the third most productive Christian of all time, after John Wesley and the Apostle Paul. A.B. Simpson third. Um, and um, it, it, the fire, the fire has been allowed to wane. Do you, do you think, though, that some of it is fear? Uh, I I know that sometimes as a pastor, you talk to even Christian people, they're scared that if they go out on a limb and really pray for somebody to be healed, and then the person isn't, that somehow they will have looked bad. They. That, oh yeah, that people will question their motives mm -hmm. or question their faith. Do you think that yeah. some of this is just legitimate fear from people of what other people will think? Well, fear is very rarely legitimate. It's understand you. We you understand where fear comes from, but mm -hmm. fear is never a good reason to do anything. Well, I'm not going to pray for this person because if something happens, I'll look bad. Hey, dive into it, and their, their chance of getting healed goes up. Can we not care about them more than we care about our reputation, our, our, you know, how how we look? I mean, who cares about how we look? Well, most people. You know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, most it, people. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Somewhere in junior high, somewhere in junior high, I realized nobody cares how I look. All they care about is, do I care for them? Ooh, that's you know. Yeah, no kidding. Come on. I mean, think about the people that matter to us, to you. To everybody listening, who 
who is dear in your mind? It's those that care about you. It's not those who had the latest fashion on. Are they, wow, they're such a dear friend, and you should see their shoes. We don't care. You know what? I was just thinking, too, uh, this morning about a simple scripture, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. And, and love is an action. God so hey, loved yay. the world that he administers healing. God mm-hmm. so loved the world that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God yeah. so loved the world, and we can go on and on and on. And, mm-hmm. and with that, since God, God desires that we grow up into the image of Christ. So mm-hmm. if you've been a Christian for umpteen years and you still haven't grown into the image of Christ, I think you really need to examine yourself. Yeah, what do we do? Yeah, well, wh- why why did we fall asleep in the chapel? Mm-hmm. What happened? Mm-hmm. Wake up again. Yeah, we're supposed to be demonstrating this new kingdom that Jesus came preaching about. He says repent mm-hmm. and, and believe the gospel. Well, if you believe, start growing up and demonstrating what you claim you believe. That's and Carol, you know, guys, here's, here's something that hits me as I travel, and I've been in 62 countries. I've, I've, walked, I've walked past blind people. I've walked past people with wheelchairs on. You know, okay, let, let's think of, because we're all about statistics in America. What's our percentage? What's the batting average? What's Peyton Manning? What's his, you know, we're thinking about this stuff all the time. Um, how many sales can we hit? Well, 50%, you know, um, what if 1% of the people that we prayed for in wheelchairs, what if 1% got up? Praise the Lord. What would what we do? If, what if only one? Glory to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we, well, well, 99% of the time, nothing's going to happen. So, I mean, where would our families be if we, if we didn't have the guts to propose to Our Lady? Well, what if she says no? Well, gee whiz, live by yourself in a hovel forever, dude. <laughs> you know, hey, man up. Always man up. This. And, yes, it is God's responsibility. It is our orders to do what he said. He told his disciples, and we are his disciples, go out. Lay hands on the sick, open blind eyes, raise the dead. Raise the dead? Wow. You know, I offered to go pray for someone that died last year, and I got some excoriating phone calls, including from the funeral parlor. I mean, there was, there was panic in the county. Hey, what are they thinking? Hey, we're making 20 k off this kid. Knock it off. Uh, don't raise him. Ah. You know, if we're going to work for Jesus... Full tilt, the county is going to rattle. It really will. And there's going to be shockwaves, and it's going to affect everything. Well, why are we here? Well, you know what? I heard it like this. Real faith is not timid. Real no. faith does not, is not ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God. So real, shame, real faith has a spirit of boldness. And we know that with the apostles, Peter and them, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, you know, the religious leaders and the authorities tried to keep them quiet. But after they were filled with the Spirit, they had boldness. They went out and did what Jesus told them to do, heal the sick, mm-hmm. cast out demons. And like you said, Drake, today we're those disciples today. Those other guys, they're in Abraham, bosom, wherever they are. But we're here on the earth today. And if we stop focus on all, focusing on this other stuff and keep our eyes fixed and focus on Jesus. He said, these shines shall follow those who believe. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm one of those who believe, and therefore I go and demonstrate. And like you took the words out of my mouth earlier when you said it's up to Jesus to do it. Our job is to just speak what he said. 
mm-hmm. it's up to Jesus to, to perform it, God. Yeah. We're just his we, hands and feet. We're mouthpiece. We are. Jesus is the living water. We are the faucet. Mm-hmm. Open up. Mm-hmm. And those, Open up. Scripture says those he, who are filled with the Spirit, out of their belly should flow rivers of living water. That's healing. Yeah. That's deliverance. That's yeah. whatever the oh, hearing yeah. world needs. You know what? Mm-hmm. The, the, the premise of this show, Vince and I have been concerned about the church in America almost being asleep. And uh, the premise of the show is to help people ignite their faith, to help people once again believe that God really means what he says, that, that somehow the God who healed people in the past is the God who still heals people today. And the God who mm-hmm. changes people in the past is the same God who changes people today. Um, as I read your book, the, to me, the most exciting thing about it was you seem to believe that same thing, that the church needs to, to get out of the building and actually do something. Yeah, yeah. That, that's for sure. I mean, we are, I mean, the disciples had to launch. And if, well, if you won't launch, then I'll launch you. And he started persecution in Jerusalem. Because they weren't just to sit around and have some, you know, huddle forever. Oh, let's just hang out. I hate that phrase, hang out. What are you doing? Oh, hanging out. What are you, a bat? <laughs> you know what? And yeah. I, I like that. That's what I see today, you know, in, in my local community. They, they just want to have all these meetings and hang out. I'm like, go out. Let's go out and demonstrate uh, this power and authority that's been given to us. Now, yeah. now you, you um, recount in the book how a church, I guess, in Reading or a group in Reading, they, they have people that actually stand around or wait around handicapped parking places. Oh, yeah. Isn't that awesome? What kind of response, though, do they get? I mean, even from Christians, they, they probably must get some weird looks even from Christians, do they not? Oh, yeah. You, you know, you, hey, jump into the battle, man. J- jump in. And, and that's, that's fine. I mean, I have had uh, one person. I've been a Christian for 46 years, hmm. uh, since the 1800s. Um, I, I've been a Christian 46 years. I've had one person my whole life say, oh, no, no don't, don't pray for me. I'll be all right. And I, okay, but I want to say, uh, dude, you're hunched over. You got a limp. You got a brace. Life doesn't look too perky right now. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. He said no, and God's a gentleman. So I let him have his way, and he, he stayed there. I mean, He's my own daughter. Yeah, my, my third, my third, and, I've got five daughters. My third and fourth daughter were at a healing service with me once at an Assembly of God church in Weed. And there was a guy there that had been in a wheelchair 22 years, and he said, you know something? I don't feel like I deserve it. But I want to walk again. And my daughters leaned over this guy and were looking at his legs and putting their putting a hand on his spine and they started rebuking and they talked to his bones. They talked to his bones as if the bones were in, in disobedience. Mm-hmm. And they said, No, that's enough. That's enough. You have you have diso- you or you know, whatever they said. And he said, Now it's time for you to do your job again and they looked at the guy and says, Now stand up. He says Ah, my feet are burning. He hadn't felt any sensation in his feet since the eighties when he had this for for his motorcycle accident. The man stood up. My daughters, my daughters were seventeen and 
No, they weren't. They were younger than that. They were 15 and 13 at the time. And this man stood up and he said, whoa, whoa. And the place was, and nobody could breathe in the room. I go, oh, what is going on here? And he said, okay, good, okay. That's great progress. He says, I'm going to walk this year. I'm going to walk this year. He says, wow, I haven't stood in 22 years. I'm already exhausted. i got I got to rest again. Mm-hmm. So he sat back down. And, you know, but everybody saw this happen. I've, I've, seen, I've seen lame people, paralyzed people, come to their feet, and they're like, that's enough. I'm going to get rolling with Jesus again. And, you know, God will use you in a wheelchair, but, you know, what do we want? Well, Lord, whatever your will is, well, what do we want? I, I want to serve God in overdrive. Myself, I'm not on a casual walk in the park here. I want to see billions saved. Amen. And uh, let's, I mean, there's 800 million apostolic spirit-filled Christians in the world today. 800 million. Hmm. Look what God did with 12. Look what he did with 12 19, 19-something centuries ago. Almost 20 centuries ago. Look what he did with 12. Well, there's 800 million of us now. And the scripture says those who know their God should do great, many mighty exploits. Yeah. Oh. We got to believe that. We got to go out and do exploits. Now, I got to say, yeah. you know, we're a Christian radio station, and there are people, I'm sure, listening to what you just described with your daughters who are saying, yeah, right. What do you say to the Christians that just don't believe that God does stuff like this anymore? I say, well... Okay, you can sit there with your car in park, uh, but the thing is meant to be pulled into drive, and you're meant to step on it. What is your car? Something to keep your garage feeling full? You know, we have tools. I mean, there's a joke about a guy that is loaned a chainsaw, and he he knows nothing about the motor, and he, he says he's sitting there sawing like a handsaw with it, and a week later, Frank comes back and says, haven't you... What, what are you doing? He says, well, start it. What do you mean start it? He pulls the cord, chainsaws. You go, ah, what's that sound? Well, a Christian who's filled with the Spirit, everybody goes, man, what's going on with him? Um, this isn't, we're not supposed to have a stagnant faith. And, you know, this, think about the, well, it all died with the apostles. That, you want to know when that creed was invented? And it is a creed that was invented. That creed was invented 1,800 years after Pentecost. It was pastors in America who were frustrated with, well, I laid on hands and nothing happened, so I quit. It was post-Civil War, and we thought, okay, you know, something happens to people after wartime. They're like, all right, no more suffering, let's build up prosperity. And what else is going on in America after the Civil War is many cults were founded. And it's very intriguing to me that this creed that the healing gifts died with the apostles, that started at the same time that most of the cults in America were, were started. It's not a good thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking people say, well, it's, well I, don't, I don't do healing, I do the Word. Well, the Word says to do healing. Amen. Listen to yourself, frog. What's going on with you? Where do you get this? It's, it's not a good thing. And back to the question that Richard was talking about, what do you say to those people? Well, I say you say the same thing Say what the word says. Jesus says, to much who is given, much is required. And he gave us mm-hmm. an example about the talents. And, and I think we can go a lot of places with that. But he said, uh, if you don't use what you've been given, 
that which you think you have will be taken away from you. But if you, mm-hmm. those who have, to them more will be giving. So those who yeah. are using the healing anointing that they have and they use it, more will be given. But those who don't use what they've been given, he say that which you have will be taken away from you and given to somebody else. So mm-hmm. I just say, you know, if you don't want to manifest the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, get out the way and, and let the generals move forth. And I declare oh. I'm one of the generals. Amen. You know, Vince, it's great when you say, you know, get out of the way. Well, they already are out of the way. Yeah, right, 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 right. They're off the track. They're, they're, over in, they're over in a rest stop park, and they're pitching a tent, and they're roasting marshmallows, and, <laughs> and you know, the needs are racing down the highway, and they're not a part of it. It's, it's, really, it's really sad. See, and you know when you actually see somebody healed in a miraculous way, and, and it's, it's surely supernatural, it's surely God at work, it just changes your whole thinking, too. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Six weeks ago, I have an aunt that was in the hospital, and she was on life support. And this guy who kind of describes himself as a Terminator, he's the guy that pulls the plug. The doctors were actually talking about, you know, you should pull the plug on her, and that she probably wouldn't make it through the night. And everybody prayed for her, and she's back at church and looking like there was never an issue with her. And, and you see Amen. this happen. You see a person who's on life support who the doctors are saying, you know, you should just pull the plug. There's absolutely no hope. And then six weeks later, they're walking around. They're at home. They're at church. They're at the store. They're doing all the things that they were doing. And it's just so surely God who did it. Yeah. And it wasn't medicine. It wasn't the doctors. And I'm not saying people should never go to the doctor. But it was God who had done the work. And you realize then at that point, God still does this kind of thing, that, that he still performs miracles, that, that people are still healed, that the doctors say cannot be healed, and mm-hmm. it just does something to people when they see that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the 2012 numbers, but I do know there in 2011, there are 700 raisings from the dead reported worldwide. I mean, this, this, it's happening. It really is happening. And, you know, church, churches are the healthiest place on earth. One of the last things Paul Harvey said, you know, late in his career, he says, he says, hey, the reports are in. If you want to get better, feel better, do better, go to church. A massive survey was done. And people who worship weekly are healthier. And that's, that's just the way it is. Jesus is the impetus behind all the medical inventions over the centuries. You know, don't think, well, Jesus gave me this, so Jesus doesn't want me to have that. Well, your parents don't say, okay, well, now that we've given you a bicycle, we're going to throw all your baseball stuff out. But what is that? What kind of thinking is that? Right. You know, God doesn't, he's not trading baseball cards with us. Right, so it's not Look. just a, a limited pie. You can have the whole thing. Yeah, no kidding. And there's just so much joy in all this walking with Jesus. And, you know, I, I know people that, you know, what you said about an investment, much is given, oh, yeah, one of you said that one, much is given, much is required. Um, you know, if God, God's looking for a good investment, I gave you one, I gave you two, I gave you five talents, the, the five became ten, and the one just sat there, so your one goes to the guy with ten, well, that guy's a good investment. You know, when I give you a Holy Spirit surge, and you turn it into something awesome at my at his bidding, he gives you more. You think, wow, this guy accomplishes stuff for the kingdom. There's people that are doing so much healing, and 
stuff just catapults and it grows. And some of these guys have corporate jets because they're wanted all over the world and commercial flying is too slow. And the people are jealous of them. Would you knock it off? And a lot of those guys are my spiritual fathers and mentors. And I say yeah. more power to you. Keep keep flowing in the anointing. And speaking of anointing, the scripture says in Corinthians, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. And then he yeah. goes over there in Romans to tell us, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given, let us use them. Mm -hmm. Prophecy do it in proportion to what you, you're given. And then, and then over in Corinthians, it says again, uh, he talks about the gifts. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by the same spirit. God's given us. Jesus has restored us. And that's what we need to yeah. be preaching. How Jesus said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. He came to restore mankind to their original state. With mm -hmm. everything that God originally gave Adam in the garden. And that's what needs to be preached, the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of the denomination, <laughs> but the gospel yeah, of the kingdom. Yeah. And once we start getting back to the gospel of the kingdom and, and repent and believe the gospel and then start demonstrating, operating in them, we, we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. So what do you, whatever you're being renewed by, which is the word of God, start demonstrating that practice. And the scripture says, with the practice righteousness. So if you've been given these gifts, use them. If not, oh. what you think you have is going to be taken away from you. Oh, this is so good. And, you know, I, I, get, I get chagrined over people that they decide that nothing's going to happen. Don't decide that nothing's going to happen. Well, you know what? You get what you, according to the scriptures, you're going to get what you expect. If you expect oh, yeah. nothing, you're going to get nothing. I expect things mm -hmm. to happen. A young lady, I spoke to a young lady last night from Alaska via telephone doing my nephew. He's in jail. So this girl... He called the girl and she called me. But she told me she was uh, suffering with asthma since birth. And Oh, and then I heard that. Okay, it's a prime time for me to start demonstrating the gospel of the kingdom. I asked her, did she want to be healed? She says, yes. And I just, again, like your daughters did, I spoke to the asthma. And I told her, after we pray this, just start praising the Lord and thank him and expect the asthma to be gone. And she said, she agreed with me. She said, amen. And she's a believer, but her church never told her. She said, I never heard this message about being ill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And uh, oh my God. we're going to wrap it up. We're probably, we got one minute left. Again, we're, uh, we're on the air with Drake Travis. He's the author of Healing Power, Voice Activated. Discover today how your words bless, heal, and restore. And again, we're going to have to have Drake on again because this 30-minute broadcast is just not enough time to get all this revelation out. Amen. So we're going to have you back again. And we just want to say yeah. to all our listeners out there, we, Drake's given us books to give away for a love offering to the Ministry of Faith on Fire. So give us a call, 894-7325. Uh, hit us up, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, to get your free copy of Healing Power Voice Activated by Drake Travis. And thank you Hallelujah. for joining us, and thank you for being with us, Drake. And we'll see all of you tomorrow for more Faith on Fire. And remember, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire. P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.